He remembers. Look, I'm sorry. Let's start over again. Do we look like rats to you? No. So let us help you defeat them. <laughs> oh. And in return, you come back home with us before morning. Cool? You want to help me? Uh-huh. Against those monsters? Wait, I, I never said that. Well, looks like helping you is the only choice I've got. <clears throat> All right, on one condition. No more shady deals with the bird when I'm unconscious. It's creepy, okay? <laughs> Welcome to the Bad Princess Movie Podcast. This is the podcast that seeks to catalog all of the terrible movies about princesses and princesses to be. I am your host, Christy, and I am here with my friend and co-host, Brie. Hello, that's me. I'm Brie. And we are here today to kind of kick off Nutcracker November. Yeah. Um, but not quite, because as... as Faithful listeners will know we are we are just doing one Nutcracker movie this November because we are making way for the grand finale of the Swan Princess series later on in the yeah. month. But for right now, though, we are taking a look at Nutcracker and the Magic Flute. Christy, you were so kind to me this year because we yeah, only have to do one Nutcracker. And it was a mm-hmm. decent little film. Like, <laughs> you liked it? Yeah. I mean, like, it's still kind of wild, but, like, it's a, it's not a bad one, you know? Compared okay. to some of the other versions that you've made me watch, this was, like, this was, like, a fine time. <laughs> this is a good one to, this is a good, bad film. It's, yeah, that's, that's the best way to describe it. It's a good, bad film. It is... An enjoyable, albeit sometimes confusing little romp. Yeah. Um, and it is, it's very, it doesn't, it doesn't really follow the usual Nutcracker format, which I figured you would appreciate because <laughs> as we've previously mentioned, <laughs> I, I am happy to watch the same movie over and over and over, literally over and over. Uh, um, yes. But you are not that person, so I, I, yeah, the variety that this movie gives, uh, yeah, much appreciated for Nutcracker November. Um, shout out to Butterfly Latte, who yes. follows us on Twitter, because uh, this was a movie that they suggested, uh, I think, last year sometime? Uh, and so I, I had been keeping my eye out for when it would be released on DVD and I snatched it up, watched it and immediately put it right to the top of the list for movies for us to discuss during Nutcracker November. Yes. Uh, Thank you so much for the recommendation. Cause yeah, this was like, I, I, I was baffled by parts of it. I was bamboozled, (laughs) but like, it was a fun little watch. And I, yeah. I very much appreciated it. Yeah, it's 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 sort of akin to the Swan Princess series. Yeah, it, it it's just it's just entertaining. Yeah. Plus, it's like it's really genuinely really nicely animated for most of it. Yeah, like it's, it's a very it's a very nice looking little film. It's good. Hmm. Yeah, if I remember right, I believe this was done by the same folks who brought us the uh, 
My Sweet Monster movie that we took a look at. Oh, Christ. When was that? Uh, Last year, I think? Was it last year or the year before? I think. Oh, God. Time is meaningless. If it it, it was the same studio as My Sweet Monster, they've definitely improved. Yeah. And even, mind you, this is more to do with the dub um, than the studio. But the dub is still, it's not, not excellent, but it's definitely better <laughs> yes. than My Sweet Monster. Yeah. I mean, that, at least everybody, <laughs> everybody sounds like they're at the same level of quality. <laughs> that bar is, um, I mean, that one had that really special Polly Shore performance, so. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely, it's not a high bar to clear, but they still, they, <laughs> they bunny hopped over it, so I'll give them credit for that. Yeah. Um, no, like the vocal performances are good. The the animation mm-hmm. looks really nice. The dub is distracting because it's <laughs> doesn't match the lips very well, but that's you know, it's a dub, I think. So yeah. it is what it is. Yeah. It's this is definitely my favorite kind of of bad movie. Where it is mostly, it's the story that really, um, yeah. Because it's, you know, sometimes I think we we end up when we see something like Space Pop, where (laughs) it is, the animation is not great. Yeah. um, You know, where there's, there's obvious visual stuff where you just, you feel guilty making fun of something like that or, you know, goofing on it as we usually like to do. Yeah. But for a movie like this, where there was very clearly, there was a very, there was a team of animators working on this. They, there was obviously a much bigger budget for them to work with, um, hopefully like reasonable timelines. Um, but yeah, it just, when, when the thing to goof on is the story, I, I personally, I always feel a bit better. Yeah. Those are always the best version. Yeah, I'm not potentially crushing some poor animator's heart. <laughs> you know, someone who who probably was working 12 hours a day oh, trying, God. again, just trying their goddamn best with what, what little budget they had. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, this is like, visually, very nice. Very nice little film mm-hmm. to, to watch. Yeah. The story... Very strange. Yes, and maybe, maybe we should get into the story here to try and help yeah. illuminate our confusion. Yes, please, Christy, will you take us away? Uh, tell us all about the Nutcracker and the Magic Flute. <laughs> <laughs> yes, will do. Let's get into it here. The film begins on a snowy Christmas Eve, and we are introduced to Marie and her mother. They are being visited by Mr. Radder, who tells them that Marie's late father owed him a considerable amount of money, and Mr. Radder wishes to collect. We don't have that much. I know that. Do you think I'm foolish? But wouldn't it be a shame if a girl as pretty as yourself were cast out to the streets while her mother rotted away in debtor's prison? Though I'm sure I could be swayed otherwise. 
Mr. Ryder says that he'll forgive the debts if Marie agrees to marry him. Despite not having the funds to pay back the debts, Marie and her mother angrily refuse Mr. Ryder's offer. Mr. Ryder promises to return tomorrow when he expects Marie to have reconsidered his offer. In the meantime, he leaves, gifting Marie a nutcracker to act as a reminder of him. Marie retreats to her room, angrily throwing the nutcracker aside. Marie wistfully admires her childhood toys and wishes out loud that she could return to the simple life of her childhood. When did life become so complicated? I wish I could be a kid again and play with you like I used to when things were easy. Not like this. On that cue, a shooting star twinkles in the sky, and it flies into Marie's bedroom and envelops her with light. When the light dissipates, Marie is shocked to see that she has shrunk to the size of a doll. Things are made even worse when a rat appears and tries to attack Marie. Thankfully, she is saved by her now human, but still doll-sized Nutcracker. Helping Nutcracker are Marie's childhood toys, including Curly the Ram and Redbeak the Ostrich. The toys explain that a Christmas miracle brought them to life, and that the spell will be broken by the dawn of Christmas Day. Until then, Marie will remain doll-sized. The Nutcracker introduces himself, or at least he tries to. As it turns out, he has amnesia. All he remembers is that his name is George, and he must fight the rats. Spying a rat hole, George crawls inside, which turns out to be a problem for Marie, as her toys explain further that for the spell to be broken, everyone who was present when it was cast, which includes George, must be in Marie's bedroom by dawn's light. Marie, Redbeak, and Curly crawl into the rat hole after George, and soon find themselves falling down a long tunnel. The tunnel opens up into a forest of brambles, where the group reunites with George. After some shenanigans, George spies a castle in the distance, which brings back his memory. It turns out George is a prince, and after his mother died, his father, the king, remarried a woman named Charlotte. Unfortunately, Charlotte turned out to be the Rat Queen in disguise, and one day George caught the Rat Queen giving his father a sleeping potion. To keep her scheme a secret, the Rat Queen used her magic to turn George into a nutcracker, which was then tossed out into the river and left to drift to parts unknown. Since that day, the king has been under the power of a sleeping potion, and the Rat Queen and her humanoid rats have taken over the kingdom. George declares that he has to save his kingdom, which Marie protests as she needs George to return home with her to break the spell. No, just let me go. Understand you're mad, but we need you back. That's what the astrologer said. The old we wizard? We all have to be together before dawn's first light. That way I can be big again and it'll all go back to normal. What if I don't want normal? Careful! Uh, George! After some arguing, George agrees to go home with Marie once they have defeated the rats, and so the group heads off to the castle. George, Marie, and the others manage to sneak their way into the castle through the royal family crypt. While doing so, they run into the ghost of George's grandmother, who helpfully tells them that they can defeat the rats with the magic flute, and that George's father will know where to find it. The group makes their way into the castle kitchen, where they are nearly caught by the rats. Thankfully, they are saved by Margaret, an old friend of George's who was a princess before the rats took over. Margaret tells them where the Rat Queen has locked the king up, and provides the group with disguises. After some shenanigans at a masked ball, the group succeeds in finding the king. 
The king is still under the power of a sleeping potion, but in a moment of lucidity, the king rips off his star pendant to give to George, which the group soon realizes can be used as a key to open up a secret wall. Inside the wall is a talking paper scroll. Anyway, I'm not just paper, I'm an ancient scroll. If a float you may seek today, find the room and talk to lane. No windows and no doors, boots. Among the hundreds, there's your loot. No windows or doors. I know, that's in the old tower. Before they can leave the room, they are forced to hide, as the Rat Queen and her son Philip arrive to give the king his next batch of potion. The Rat Queen lets slip that she is planning to crown her son king that night, and once that happens, they'll have no reason to keep George's father alive. With you at the head of the pack, I believe rodent kind shall see a glorious new awakening. Humanity's long rule is finally finished. You agree? <laughs> Come, let's see our guests. With time now of the essence, the group hurries to the tower. Following the scroll's instructions, they find a secret staircase, which leads to a hidden basement. And inside that basement is not just one flute, but hundreds of them. Marie and George begin grabbing flutes, but try as they might, they can't figure out which one is real. Not only that, but they realize that they are now trapped in the basement. Marie begins to cry, and she finally reveals to George her plight with Mr. Ratter. We'll figure something out. There's always a no, way. not for me. I go back, I have to marry this horrible old man my father owed money to before he died. And if I don't, then Mama goes to jail. Look at me, Marie. No matter what happens, I will never leave your side. How do you know that's true? I just know. George promises that he'll never leave Marie's side, and the two break out into a spontaneous song and dance. Luckily for them, their act of love was the key to revealing the real flute, as the hundreds of flutes combine into one. The door opens, and George and Marie escape the tower. Soon after, they cross paths with the Rat Queen, but before George can blow the flute, the Rat Queen reveals that she has Margaret held hostage. George hands over the flute to save Margaret, but it turns out it was a trick. Margaret has decided to team up with the rats in exchange for her getting her title back. <laughs> he bought it! He bought it! Now I can be a real rat as well! Margaret, what are you doing? I can't believe this moron actually fell for it! That was too easy! <laughs> Got him! <laughs> Dumb human! Traitor! Get your filthy rat hands off me! George and Marie are tied up and brought to the throne room, along with the still-sleeping king. Curly the ram is also captured, but Redbeak the ostrich was not, which was the point where I realized I would have to write the toy characters into the script after all. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it! Oh no, they're relevant! Uh -uh. Oh. oh shit! Alright, guess I gotta write him in. I guess I gotta talk about the ostrich. <laughs> I fucking fuck you, Redbeak. <laughs> God. The Rat Queen happily announces to her fellow rats that she is now in possession of the magic flute. As she begins to crown her son, the king wakes up, as prior shenanigans with Redbeak has caused a mix-up with his latest <laughs> batch of sleeping potion. 
All dissenters, all those who do not believe in our cause, shall be punished. And what cause is that? <gasps> oh. Long live the king indeed. Would you care to explain all this to your king? Father, she has the magic flute. I see. Before the king can act, the Rat Queen plays the flute, causing all the humans to dance like puppets. Thankfully at that moment, Redbeak bursts into the room, knocking the flute out of the Rat Queen's hands. Everyone scrambles to catch the flute, but Marie is the one to successfully catch it. The Rat Queen tries to bargain with Marie, but Marie refuses and gives the flute to the king, who plays it. This forces the rats back into their true forms, and Margaret is turned into a rat for her treachery. Everyone celebrates the triumph over the rats, which is when Marie realizes that it's already dawn. Marie disappears in a cloud of magic and wakes back up in her room, restored to her true size. At that moment, Mr. Ratter arrives. Marie goes to him and sadly accepts his offer of marriage. But thankfully for her, who else but George arrives, announcing that he has paid off all of Marie's family's debts. Mr. Ratter is chased off, and Marie reunites with George. George asks Marie to marry him, and she happily accepts. With that, the film draws to a close, with Marie and George riding off together in the royal carriage. Riding off? You mean flying off? Flying? I yeah, <laughs> yeah, the, the, yeah, the, yeah. I the, pictured that. I the movie looks you dead in the eye and says, "No, no, magic is real." Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the end. The end. Oh yeah, the <laughs> end. The end. It's over. Yeah, the it's over. The yeah, the ending. Um, <laughs> it just. It it just it really quickly wants you to accept quite a lot of things. Yeah, don't worry about um, it. Don't worry about it. Um, don't worry about the miracle. Turns out the magic flute negates the uh, the rules around that spell, so I, it doesn't I matter that guess. they were back in her room. Yeah, yeah. No, it's like I guess that was just like fake. Like I didn't, I didn't. Some magic flute's got a lot of magic in it. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, it it presumably the magic flute meant that Marie could just go home whenever she wanted. Yeah. And there would be no consequences. Yeah. It also made it so that Redbeak and Curly are just now living creatures living, for forever. Talking uh creatures. Yeah. There's just there's just a ram and a flamingo that talk now. Excuse you, ostrich. Sorry. He's red. My brain got confused. <laughs> yeah. This giant pink ostrich. <laughs> and then yeah, then George and Marie go flying off in the magic carriage yeah. for some reason. Yep. Well, he yeah he definitely we're, we're starting at the end here he definitely walks in and is like hey mr ratter um fuck you except i've paid all your debts <laughs> uh and all of their debts and everything is done now so fuck off um because yeah. <laughs> um, apparently wherever this magical kingdom is they just they have money they have gold or whatever yeah 
and he was just able to like use that immediately pay off all the debts and it's taken care of don't worry about it yes also magic and this 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 also magic and this is a it's a very bizarre thing because this the george's universe or his his kingdom they accessed through a rat hole in Marie's bedroom. Yeah. And and they had this magical adventure uh-huh. in in there. But then apparently George is also able to just come to the real world. Yeah. And Well, you pays, know how like, in the, you know how I mean, in the nutcracker she has to like she's faces this this thing where you like can stay in the in the magical kingdom with the nutcracker or you can go back to your real life and Mm-hmm. It, at least in some interpretations, she has to make this choice or or something like. No, don't worry about yeah, it. It's no. all just it's all real. Uh, it's it wasn't a dream. Yeah. There's no ambiguity. Uh, uh, they're just there now. Don't worry about it. Yeah, they're just there now. And I guess like any questions you have, maybe you could just blame the magic flute. <laughs> yeah. It's, it just, it would be, it would be really funny, though, if, like, George's kingdom was actually, I, I don't know, like, half a town over. Yeah, it just, and <laughs> no one ever talks about the, <laughs> the fucked up rat kingdom. Yeah, yeah, it'd be kind of great. <laughs> it's, it's such a, it's a very strange approach to this story. Yeah. Because, like, it has a, it has of... a bunch of the elements, but, like, it is odd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I almost wonder if there if there's another fairy tale that got mixed into the Nutcracker story. Well, because I know the magic, like, a magic flute, there is a, a fairy tale about that. I don't know. Or, like, some kind of story about the magic flute. And I don't yeah. remember what it is, but I remember that it exists. <laughs> So I'm wondering if they like okay. comboed them somehow. Maybe I. I don't know. It's just it. It's very. It's very bizarre because it doesn't quite feel. And I guess this is maybe one of the major criticisms that I could lobby against this movie. Um, this otherwise perfect prestige movie <laughs> um, is that it doesn't. Admittedly, this one doesn't really feel like a Nutcracker movie to me. No. And he's a Nutcracker for all of 2 minutes at the very beginning. Yeah, it does it does that funny thing where they have him appear as a Nutcracker, but then he very quickly turns into the uh, an attractive uh uh young man for <laughs> the attractive female lead character to fall in love with. Yes. Yeah, um, of course. You know, it's it's it very much feels like a marketing thing. Like, oh, we can't have like an ugly nutcracker be the protagonist even of a our bad, story. Like, he wasn't even an ugly nutcracker. He just looked like a like a handsome doll. Like like you see the nutcracker in other interpretations and he looks like one of those like stout nutcracker ones that you actually can buy at like like a Christmas market. And mm-hmm. He just looks like a like a pretty doll. Yeah. I don't know. And I I don't know why they they did it this way. I don't know. 
I, again, I just feel like it, it feels like a weird, not quite version of the Nutcracker. It also doesn't feel like much of a Christmas movie because no. this adaptation, this like the events of this movie take place on Christmas Eve. And outside of Marie mentioning that, in one of in in one of her songs, you could almost be forgiven for forgetting that this is supposed to be a Christmas movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like there's there's otherwise nothing Christmassy about it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, it's <laughs> it's very strange. It's one of many strange <laughs> choices they made with this film. I, it almost makes me wonder why they bothered with the Nutcracker part, because you very mu- well could have just, I don't know, like, switched some things around and made it just a very generic, um, not holiday movie. Just like, I don't yeah. know, the Nutcracker, he gets turned, he just gets turned into a doll, a nondescript, not holiday associated doll. Or, it's not rats, it's like a troll, um... I, don't I know, mean, troll yeah, but then you wouldn't shit. be able to call it the Nutcracker, and people know what the Nutcracker is. Yeah, and I guess then and you also, also then you be have able just to st- <laughs> steal the music. That's what I was just about to say. It's like it comes free with its own orchestral soundtrack. Yeah, that's and that's probably the main reason why we see a lot of Nutcracker adaptations is that you have the familiar story and you also could just have that built-in <laughs> Nutcracker music you could use. It's just right there for you. Oh my god, the songs in this fucking oh, film. Oh boy. Oh, Holy you gotta, shit. Gotta put in a few of them. For sure. Oh Yeah. <laughs> I I will for sure. I I will definitely I'll put what I can up on Twitter as well. Oh, but man. every song in this film is fucking awful to listen to. Yeah, they're not great. <laughs> no. They're not the there worst. There isn't a You know what? No. They were they aren't awful. They're not good. I they're don't not know. that bad. How am I, I the one know. advocating for the <laughs> <laughs> I would rather I would much rather listen to the nuttiest nutcracker what the songs fuck? than listen <laughs> Yeah, fuck you. Christy. What? What are you yeah, talking about? I I'm I'm in my head right now, I'm thinking of some of the songs from the nuttiest nutcracker, and they are they are memorable and they are catchy tunes. No. I fuck, don't remember yes. any of them. I have oh, purged them. No, nope. I'm gonna hang up from this call. World. I'm gonna go. <laughs> wondrous. Oh no, come back! <laughs> I'm gonna come go. on, that fucking coconut. Off. We're fucking gone. No, come back. Goodbye. Just picture the coconut, the coconut sledding down the hill on the asparagus. Man, come on, it was a good movie. Nutty snackcracker. Can we just? It's do... gone. It's gone. <laughs> okay, just repressed. I have, I have oh. deleted it. Good, that means we could watch no. it again next year. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was nice doing this podcast while it lasted. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thanks, everyone. I'm going to preemptively end it here so that we don't get mm-hmm. anywhere close to November next year. Yeah. I My, my secret hope is that... Um, uh, Mike Westfall of the Advent Calendar House podcast that I could convince him to look at the Nuttiest Nutcracker one year, uh, and then that way, Brie, like you wouldn't just be you wouldn't be saying no 
to me, you would be saying no to Mike. And how could you disappoint Listen, Mike like that? I will disappoint Mike. I will do no! it. I, no! Mike, if you... If, Mike... <laughs> If you do this, no. you're going to be having an, a nice episode with Christy alone. Mike, Mike, it's okay. It's okay. I'll talk to her off pod. I'll, I'll convince her. Absolutely the <laughs> fuck not. <laughs> okay, Mike. Mike, we'll talk later. <laughs> God. But with this movie. Anyway, this the, yeah, movie, the music this, in this movie. Yeah. It's just, they're just so fucking bad. And it's to the point that I'm almost a little confused. Like, it feels as though there was a mistake made. Like, did the tracks get shifted? Because some songs in particular, like George's song, where he's singing about his tragic backstory, it doesn't sound like the, the tune he's singing and the backing music match up at all. I'll play a little no. clip of it here. Yeah. Time goes on. That's just the way. I give anything. It is just. It is cacophonous. It is. It is just. Just noise. And it's. It's. Listen, yeah, I'm again, not saying they're like... good. They're not good. <laughs> but they're not the worst yet, thing I've would... ever heard. And you would rather listen to this again than the nuttiest nutcracker. Every day for the rest of my life. My God. I I, I don't know who you are anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh. Every song is bad. Yep. The, the, I, that's... <laughs> I will never tell you they're good. But. Yeah. Especially the one with the, uh, the fucking... The ostrich and the ram in the, in the tunnel that lasts for all of yeah. a minute and a half. Not even. It lasts for like a half a minute. 30 seconds long. It's not good. It's bad. Yeah, no, that's the but other at least thing it's about... short. Yeah. Some of, the, some of the songs are very short and they also suffer from that feeling of like somebody, like it's almost like this film wasn't intended to be a musical at no. first. But then somebody came along and they just like inserted songs in because these these songs just come out of nowhere and it doesn't feel yeah, like oh, yeah. you have a natural transition into or out of the songs. No, not at all. It's it's just it's a musical drive by. It's just weird. It's <laughs> the of you are you are walking on the sidewalk and somebody drives by with their windows rolled down and their radio cranked and that's like what it feels like to listen to the songs in it, this It's movie. like that except there's like another guy coming the other direction and they both have their windows <laughs> yeah. open and their music cranked and they're both playing at yeah. the same time. There we go. There we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. Oh. Can Christy <laughs> Yeah. How do you feel about the ostrich and the ram? Well, here's the thing, Brie. As I mentioned earlier, I definitely was intending to write them completely out of the fucking summary. 
I, they are just, Curly and Redbeak are just completely, for the a long part of this movie, they are completely unnecessary. Oh, yeah. They, like, Redbeak in particular, his character, it's, it's kind of, it, it's sort of the trope of he's the cowardly character. And yeah. so he's usually fleeing in terror from whatever fight or shenanigans that they get themselves into at that particular moment. Um, Curly at least has a bit more usage. Yeah. Um, but they're still just so unnecessary. Yeah. Here's the thing, though. I mm-hmm. I don't hate them. Like I don't <laughs> I don't hate yeah. that they're like because they could have just gone with like some like a couple of dolls that are just regular like normal human shaped dolls they could have yeah. or anything but they went with like I guess it's just the animator in me being like Curly looks like he was fun to work on and he's got a really appealing yeah. little design Redbeak yeah. meh that- meh. He'd be a little annoying to work with, uh, and his eyes are a little terrifying, um, because mm-hmm. he's wall-eyed a lot of the time, just by a little bit. <laughs> um, yeah. But Curly, at least, he's like he's kind of like I don't know. I I wish I could work on a like a nice little character like Curly. He's fun. Yeah. But I think that's just me being an animator, being having a bit of a a bias towards that. Because it's always fun to have, like, weird little characters to work with. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's true. I I will say there's there's one, like, little thing they do with Curly. They don't do it well, um, but it is funny. At one point, he and Redbeak land in a hedge maze, and they are oh, yeah. wandering around. <laughs> and they do the thing where, like, part of uh, Curly's wool gets stuck on a, on a part of the hedge, and so he's walking along. And his wool is unraveling. Slowly so unraveling. Like yeah. Like, it's like he's he was just made of, like, a, a sweater, basically. Like, yeah. was, his fur was knitted on. So it's just this one long strand. And it's, I don't know. I did It serves no purpose. Like but it's very funny. No. Like, it's, it's very yeah, funny no. and cute. I like it. Yeah. And that's the thing, is that it serves no purpose. Like, you think that, oh, well, maybe, like, they're going to set that up as a way to find their way out of the hedge maze. Yeah, no. And n- no, no, it, it doesn't doesn't mean anything at all. It was just busy work. But it's, uh, it's kind of cute. Yeah. It was cute. It's a cute little gag. I I will say I was very confused with Redbeak because partway through the movie, his personality changes. I think he has a near-death experience, and then he loses all his cowardliness. I think is what is supposed to have happened. Yeah, I, I, that's as best as I could have figured too. Because when they, they fall into the hedge maze, um, and then when they get back up, like they fell from like a high height. They were, they were on a trapeze trying to get into the tower, and they fell. Um, and then after they fall. Redbeak is all of a sudden no longer cowardly, and he's actually quite like he's almost got like he goes, uh, like one eighty. Yeah. And now he's he's got like this weird like courageous bravado about him. Yeah. Um, and that's cute, but it was just like a weird like wait, why are you acting this way? Yeah. I don't know. Like at 
At first, I almost wondered, like, did he smack just, his head? And, yeah, and, and they could have at least just... added a line of like, "I have, I have stared death in the face, and now I can no longer be frightened." Yeah, yeah. But or, you know, you're left to interpret that. Yeah, I, I think what might have been cute too is if, um, like, maybe if he and Curly were being threatened by some of the rat knights or whatever, and maybe. Uh, Curly's about to be un- outnumbered, and then Redbeak. You know the 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 typical thing we've seen it before in movies. Yeah, yeah. The cowardly character sees his friends being threatened, and that gives him the courage to fight back. Yeah, and then that's what maybe changes him instead of yeah. It just it's not handled great in this movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> many confusing story choices occur for yes. for no yeah. reason. <laughs> is um, what of this of the weird story stuff what's what's one that jumps out to oh you? everything with margaret <laughs> <laughs> yeah everything with fucking margaret. fucking margaret because like okay they break they kind of like sneak into this castle also they have the great scene mm-hmm. with the ghosts it's, it's i don't know oh, yeah. i i found it very silly um <laughs> but they do some really cute little sight gags with the ghosts uh, that mm-hmm. they meet in the crypt. Uh, anyway, <laughs> back to Margaret. They they sneak into this castle and they find Margaret, and she's like, "Oh, me and me and uh, fucking George, George. were <laughs> were best bestest best friends back before he got turned into a a doll, and we all thought he was dead for presumably twelve ish years because yeah. he was a small child." When he was turned into yeah. a, a nutcracker and has grown up into a young adult. Um, yeah, that's so, a. we'll have to maybe talk a bit more about that later because yeah. it is a bizarre story it's choice. It's a very strange story choice because he's, they show him when he gets the spell cast on him and he is a small child. He is maybe, yeah. he's maybe five, four or five. Uh, if yeah. I had to guess. And like now he is a fully grown adult assume i assume he's at least in his late teens yeah yeah um and so he's been he's been a nutcracker for for most of his life and he hasn't seen this chick until they were presumably very small and as mm-hmm. soon as she sees him he's, she's like oh my god george uh we were best friends and our parents were talking about us being betrothed and blah 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 and then the two girls get like her and Marie get all like <laughs> weird jealous like uh, at each yeah. other. Like even even like, though Marie has only known has George known for maybe like five hours. Yeah, at best. for maybe five hours, and Marie hasn't seen him since they were five. Uh they're in they're immediately both like, uh, who's this bitch? <laughs> <laughs> Ladies. Yeah, like Marie's Marie in particular, um, Marie in particular keeps like kind of making digs about Margaret to yeah. George. I don't know. It's just like weird, like just like little passive aggressive, like the tone in her voice. Like it, I know, it's, it's kind of hilarious. Cause again, it's like, bitch, like you, you've only known this man for a few hours. Why are you acting so jealous? Yeah. Like <laughs> you, I never, you haven't Please. even really shown any like signs of attractive like, no not even him? slightly like you you have basically told him your your life and hopes don't matter 
I need you to become an inanimate object again so I can return to my normal size. And that has been your yeah. whole deal this entire time. And now as soon as yeah. another lady's even near him, you're like, oh my God, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, Come on. So that's that's <laughs> weird. And then like Margaret's like, okay, well, I'll help you guys. Like we're going to, you got to take back from the rats, all this stuff. Cool. And then, like, as they're sneaking over, they find, they, like, find George's dad, and Margaret leaves them to, like, go and do that, and she gets caught while she's watching them, like, they're tightroping across to this one specific tower that is told about in this nursery rhyme, blah, 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 and she, like, at one point, Marie is falling to her death, and, and, uh, I keep wanting to call him Gavin. His name is George. Uh, George saves her (laughs) by like catching her and Margaret's watching through the window and sees George catch Marie in his arms because she's about to fall to her death. And she's like, oh, like I can't watch them be this close. And then she gets caught and she's like, immediately she's like, well, I'll sell him out and uh, whatever, as long as I get to be a princess again. See, and I... What the fuck? I, I don't know... I don't know if it was her, like, like oh, I can't watch, like, they're getting close. I thought it was that, oh, I can't watch, because it looks like Marie is about to fall to her death. Uh, I assumed it was they were getting close, because, like, she doesn't, she doesn't give a shit about, she wouldn't give a shit about Marie. Well, and this, f- for, this is, like, another, Margaret is another character that I feel like they kind of, like, changed her personality up like they did Red Oh, Bee. yeah, yeah. Because... At least from, like, from how I saw it, up until the Rat Queen comes in, and like you said, the Rat Queen comes in, and the, uh, because when, when, um, Margaret saved them in the kitchen, she knocked out some of the Rat Chefs, and so that, it's kind of funny, actually, because that's something that in other movies, like, you would just kind of pretend there's no repercussions from that. But yeah. in this movie, they do show that, oh, yeah, those the, the chefs woke up eventually and they fucking told somebody yeah. that they got knocked <laughs> out. Um, so they arrive and they catch Margaret and the Rat Queen comes to, um, yeah, like basically make her a deal. And we don't see right away what happens with that. Um, but up to that point, it felt like Margaret was firmly team George and helping everybody out. Helping you know, she, all the humans. Yeah. Yeah. She she helped them find costumes for the masquerade. She was helping them sneak around. And then the next time we see her, um, the Rat Queen had, like, uh, so her son, Philip... Philip has Margaret in, like, a headlock, basically, and is threatening to take out his sword unless George hands over the magic flute. And as soon as George does so, immediately Margaret starts laughing and and basically starts making fun of George for believing the truth. Yeah. And it's just like, like, all of a sudden now she's just this, like, like super mega bitch. <laughs> she starts... She starts berating George for not marrying her? At least I'm a princess. When you fail to offer me what I want, how could I not go in search of it? I don't need to be your bride. 
I'm a princess. <laughs> You've seen him now for maybe 15 minutes. Yeah. Since yeah. you were five. Like, come on. <laughs> what is happening? Yeah. Her, her exact line is, when you failed to offer me what I wanted, how could I not go in search of it? And, and again, it's like, yeah, when, when was he supposed to fucking offer you to, to be, to be his wife, to share the throne? He just got back. He's been like, a nutcracker uh, for an indeterminate amount of time that's at least over yeah. a decade. Like, how about, how, how about at least wait and see if he fucking saves the kingdom <laughs> and then offers you the fucking, yeah. the fucking throne? Yeah. Like, not, none of her whole deal made any sense. It, no. It was, it was baffling from start to finish. It, it's just, it's amazing. I, I, I think the film really needed to clarify her character a bit more. Yeah. Like, more than not at all. Yeah, yeah, basically. Um, like, you need to show that George and Marie are falling in love way earlier than when they randomly break out into song and dance in the basement of that tower. Yeah. And then have Margaret, like, have it, like, be super obvious that she picks up on it. And then she she makes the decision that I, you know, well, I want to be queen. I want to be princess again. Just, oh, I've held on, even just a line of like, oh, I've held on for so long in the hopes that you would return and we could take our place on the throne or something like that. Like, just a little hint that she was just, just waiting for that. Yeah. Something just to like, just to make it a little less abrupt, the shift in personality. Yeah, but, you know, that's no time. <laughs> I did, no time. I, I did like the kind of, there is almost like a bit of foreshadowing, though, with um, her hairstyle, weirdly. Oh, yeah, because... like she looks like a rat. She's got the same sort of hairstyle going on as the queen. Yeah, the, the rat queen has, it's almost like a heart shape. But I realized after the fact that it's meant to sort of mimic like big ears. Yeah, like it's meant to look like big almost. mouse ears. Or rat ears. Yeah. Yeah. And Margaret, Margaret has a very similar hairstyle. So it's like, all right, that's kind of cute. I like that. Yeah. She, we should have known all along she was a rat in disguise, but only metaphorically. Yeah. yeah. I wonder how many humans are left in this whole <laughs> society. Yeah. Everyone seems to be rats. Yeah. Except like yeah, the servants. The servants are still humans. Yeah, they do. There is like a really funny moment um, when they're going to the masquerade ball because all of the attend the guests there are rats who are like I I don't know like dressed in like human like costumes. It's weird. But then all of the humans are serving the rats, and there's this moment where George and Marie take in this scene and they see they they talk about people serving rats as though it's like this is the most horrific thing yeah. that they could have ever seen such foolish creatures how did they ever manage without rodents taking care of things <clears throat> it's all so absurd people serving rats <laughs> horrific it is which sucks and is bad but like 
Yeah. I don't know. It's very, it's, 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 it's it, odd. <laughs> yeah. You know who, who does rule, though, in that masquerade sequence? The fucking Jester. Yeah. I don't know, something about his fucking design and all of his animations. and Like, I love a good Jester. And he's just mm-hmm. great. And it turns out he's like he's actually like a human. He's one of the he's one of the old court jesters, and they just kept him on as a jester and they make him wear like a like a rat mask. But he's great. Yeah, which is it's it's kind of funny. It's like they they I mean they probably would have preferred to hire a rat to be the jester, <laughs> but they they were probably like, oh man, this guy's really good this though. This guy's really good though, actually. Just- Maybe let's um, just keep him and we'll just like get him to wear a rat mask. Yeah, like just he's a great performer. Mm-hmm. We should just we'll just keep him around. Yeah. Uh <laughs> he's he's great and I love his design. Yeah. He's got like these weird mechanical wings going on. It's neat as hell. Oh and just at the one point where it's like they're at the end where uh fucking the the rat the queen is about to like crown her son as king and get rid of the old king and one of the rats i think is like oh you should like you should be happy or something like that like you're going to like they'll make you part of the royal court and he just goes yeah i'd rather die yeah yeah <laughs> like damn this chester he's a good character i like him yeah he's got no chill I, I did like the masquerade. Yeah. I, I kind of wish that there was a bit more to it. Um, I love a masquerade. Yeah. Hide your faces on parade. Masquerade. masquerade. Hide your face, face so the world will never, never find you. you. <laughs> masquerade. Oh, Every now I have that a different song stuck in my head. Masquerade. <laughs> oh we Uh, usually um my friend group we will watch fan of the opera movies for halloween and we watched a couple this year oh good and i was kind i should have pushed for us to watch the schumacher uh the opera yeah it's just it's it's delightful (laughs) oh i haven't seen that in ages i yeah that used to be that was my jam in high school yeah Um, big yeah. phantom of the opera fan i still am but now it's more like now it's more i see the silly side of the phantom of the opera oh, yeah. and that's what i love um but back in high school i was very much like oh yeah man the phantom is so cool like, <laughs> such a tortured soul such a yeah you such a tortured soul <laughs> i once i shit you not i shit you not i swear to god i i was interviewing in high school for a job once uh-huh. and they asked me who was somebody that I I greatly admire oh, as an no. interview question, and I told them the Phantom of the Opera. Well, Christy, <laughs> yeah, Christy? I did that. <laughs> I, <laughs> I told them, and I even elaborated, <coughs> and I even no. elaborated on it. I was like, you know, I mean, even though like he's like in the books, he's shown to be a murderer, and no. and. He's still, yeah, and I, Christy, did you get that job? I did. Oh no! I did, in fact. I did, in fact, get that job. And in hindsight, that was a red flag that that job was not great. <laughs> if they were willing to hire someone like me, <laughs> no, I should have. 
Yeah. Oh no. Oh. <sighs> but yeah. So. Uh, oh, amazing! All that to say, amazing! Phenomenal! Masquerades. Yeah, mm-hmm. love a masquerade. Yeah, it. I. I wish that. Um, and and it almost feels like this is what they were maybe intending to do with the masquerade because, um, George and Marie sneak in with rat disguises, and then sort Philip of. is there. So yeah, sort of. <laughs> they're they're the fucking worst disguises. They just put a mustache on. They don't even put like fucking pointy ears in or something. No, they don't make any effort tail. to make them look like rats. Uh no, it's 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 awful, <laughs> but it works somehow. <laughs> <laughs> but they they sneak in and Philip is there and Marie catches his eye and so he starts kind of flirting with her. Yeah. And Marie distracts him by dancing with him while George goes to find the king. And that's like, okay, good. That's like a good setup because that gives Marie, like, you know, Marie has her moment or whatever. It's a fun bit of business. But they weirdly, like, they they speed through it so fast. Like, I feel like they should have spent more time with Marie and Philip. And I feel like that should have led to something. Like, yeah. Like, her getting accidentally unmasked as a human, and then there's maybe, a, like, an action scene or a chase or something that follows. Instead, George goes and finds his dad, and then, like, two seconds later, Marie just, like, ditches the masquerade and comes to George. Yeah, she's so just like, like and I'm out. Yeah. No problem. Like, oh, okay. Like, so why did we, why did we set up what would have been, like, a fun thing of her having to, like, uh, dance with, with philip and try and like get away from him and try not to reveal herself as a human like no there's no time there's no time no just keep going we need to have more bullshit with curly and red beak (laughs) that's where we have to put the valuables we need more shenanigans in the in the the hedge maze yeah, yeah. That's where we need to put our time. Really? Even the hedge maze didn't, like, amount to anything. No. Like, not that could have been, like, a, f- a fun scene where they, they run into the hedge maze. Maybe they're being, f- uh, like, chased by some of the rat, uh, the rat knights, the guards. And then it's a fun little chase scene set to some music from the Nutcracker where they're, they're, doing the scooby-doo thing of going in and out of like parts of the hedge maze and and it's like a fun you know like it's fun shenanigans they don't do that they just like walk around a hedge maze until they find the exit yep and then they just like trip into the exit and then it's over yeah i was like okay i guess shrug shrug yeah it's just just bizarre Oh. Marie, that's fucked up. He's alive and you want him to be a fucking doll again. Yeah. Yeah. That is that is <laughs> it's a one fun of my little notes. moment. Yeah. <laughs> when she realizes that like they need to all be back in her room uh, supposedly for the spell to yeah. be gone in the morning. They she finds him and he's like, I remember who I am. I'm in I'm like from this kingdom my father is still in there somewhere like 
it was taken over by by this evil queen and of the rats and i was turned she has magic and she turned me into a doll um i need to save my father and she's like i don't give a shit uh you need to come back and be turned back into a toy uh because if not i will be small (laughs) yeah okay and and it's just (laughs) girl that's yeah come on I, I see where you're coming from, Marie, but, like, yeah, you're effectively, you're asking this man to, like, die for you. Yeah. And to give up, you know, he, he has to condemn his dad and his kingdom to, could you know, suffer without him. There, There's also, there's a great part, there's a great part kind of around that moment, too, um, where... Marie and him are bickering about this whole thing about wanting, you know, she needs him back. He wants to stay in the kingdom. During that, George ends up falling down a waterfall, and Marie and the oh and god Curly yeah. and Redbeak, they they pull him out. Um, but it looks like George might be dead. Like he's not yeah. waking up. Um, and Marie starts to cry because again she's like, oh no, now I'm stuck here for forever, and. And Redbeak <laughs> Redbeak points out that there is nothing that said they had to bring back George alive. To yeah, the he's like, if we just bring the, if we we can just bring him back, he'll still be there, you know. Yeah, you and know. like the other, like they're like, oh, I mean, maybe. Like, they so start they, to think like about legit- it. They're like, oh, all right. <laughs> legitimately considering bringing back a dead body to her bedroom yeah (laughs) oh it's so good well that's it guess he's dead yeah that simplifies things what do you mean the wizard said to bring him back to the room we can still do that but he never specified we had to bring him back alive oh that makes sense. What's wrong with you? He isn't a toy, he's a real person. He was, maybe. Not so much now. Don't you want to go home, Marie? Yeah. Uh-huh. It, it is genuinely the... kind of fucked up. Because <laughs> imagine if, like, imagine if that happened and they did that and Marie gets back to her room and the spell is broken, all the toys return to toys. She would then have this Nutcracker toy that she knew that she was a knows living man is a yeah, corpse. That, yeah, that died and his corpse is now turned to this lifeless wood. Like, holy yeah. shit. Yeah. <laughs> it was already, metal. like, fucked up and weird enough that, like, all of these toys come to life. And they're all mm-hmm. like, they're all like, it's fine that we'll just become inanimate objects again in, you know, yeah, Shit. Uh, yeah I in, in like a few hours. And it's like, I don't know, man, you, <laughs> they're all really yeah, accepting shit. of this. Did not even think of that. Because in, in other adaptations, the Nutcracker is is like the king of the land of the dolls. And so yeah. it's sort of implied that like dolls can maybe come to life willingly. Um, or there's at least a place where if they stay there, you know, that's that's where they continue to be alive. Yeah, yeah. And in, in this one, no, it is just they, they gain the sentience and only Curly and Redbeak at the end, thanks to the magic flute, get to stay. Yeah, the rest of them? 
the rest of the toys yeah. in her room are just they're also not even in the shots at the end of the of the no. movie which i assume is because they would just be lying there lifeless um mm. so well, <laughs> or maybe the spell if if the spell never broke in theory uh, maybe they're all just still there oh no oh no oh shit how does this work also if it, maria you know was what? small i guess magic flute never mind yeah fuck it magic flute <laughs> yeah magic flute solves everything yeah um, don't worry about it magic flute with with the other toys too it's kind of funny because the whole reason why they came to life is that there is this ill-defined miracle that marie wished on a star absent-mindedly just like talking about how she wishes she could go back to her carefree childhood somehow the star interprets that as oh i will shrink you to doll size and turn your dolls into living creatures but yeah. only for the night but only for one um only for one night but so these dolls have been brought to life to essentially give marie a a nice little vacation a little treat for herself that evening before she has to marry like a, a nasty man in the morning i guess or whatever yeah yeah and then Marie, instead of hanging out with her childhood toys, she immediately goes to to, to George's kingdom and fucks off. And well, because so initially she had to like she had to. Uh, she thought she had to bring him back, and then. Well, well yeah. That became the only but, the only option. Yeah, like it. It makes sense why she left, but it's just I like to picture the evening from the toys perspective they were brought to life because they're here to make marie happy and give her yeah. a night of joy and, and childhood whimsy and they're all just like sitting around just huh you think uh you think marie's coming back she's been gone <laughs> for a she, while i think she found that guy are they do you know i, would what just, we, I mean what what do we do what do we do in the meantime I just, just they're just having a party a book or something. Oh, maybe their maybe own they Christmas a... party. That would be great. Yeah, that's where the Christmas in this movie was. They were having their own little Christmas party back in the room. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's why they're not in the last shot. They're all like under her bed. They made like a nice little like setup down there. <laughs> yeah, they're having they're a... sleeping off uh, a hangover or something. <laughs> Too much eggnog. Oh man, I I do feel like the miracle is I unlike other things in this film probably unnecessary, um, because you could have just had it so that Marie decides that she is going to marry Mister Ratter early, earlier on, like, you know she she decides she'll accept to make sure that her mom is taken care of because Mister Ratter, to to emphasize, he's threatening. That Marie's mom will have to go to jail because like she debtor's can't prison. pay off the debts. Yeah, yeah, a debtor's prison. That Marie is going to end up um, alone on the streets. Her mom is going to be in jail. So really, Marie, you should marry me because I'll, you know, I'll, I'll take care of you and your mom if you do. And so, yeah, so that's, you could have it so that Marie decides she'll accept his proposal to make sure her mom is taken care of. And the reason why she needs to get back to her room by the morning is so that she can make sure that she 
she accepts it in time before they get kicked out of the house. Like, that's already in the film. You don't need to create this additional reason with this weird miracle and how to break that spell. Sure, but then she wouldn't have had a reason to go with the Nutcracker in the first place, and then none of the movie would have happened. I think, I don't know, I feel like you could have just written it differently, that maybe, like, she accidentally gets pulled into, you know, like, something, something happens, I think. I think there's ways that you could have easily <laughs> easily written around that. It's just like, I don't like this miracle because it's just very, it's very like, it's just weird. And the fact that you have to have the toys explain how the miracle works. Yeah, I love that they then, have, they have, she has one like wizard doll um, <laughs> who apparently just knows how magic works. Like, he's just like, oh, yeah. here's how this all is like, here's how this all works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's like, how do you fucking know? I guess you're magic. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, did the like the star just like whispered in your ear, like, by the way, this is how it works. Also, there's rules to this shit. Make sure she knows. Maybe that's just how all magic works. He just because he's a wizard, he studied magic, and he's like, okay, well, I recognize <laughs> this spell. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is a classic Christmas miracle spell. Yeah. Uh, this yeah, is just yeah, one yeah. of them classic star spells. Hmm. I what I I I getting back to like my my potential rewrite of her just uh-huh. deciding to marry Mr. Ratter earlier on. I think it I think you could work it into the film in other points too because like I it, it's just it the moment where Marie tells George about the thing with Mr. Ratter, it comes out of nowhere. It feels so weirdly out of place like it's almost like she forgot that she hasn't mentioned it so she just tries to shoehorn it in right i gotta i gotta i gotta explain some motivations yeah yeah let me explain to you real quick george my whole deal um and i think like you could have kind of made that moment work if you show earlier on in the film like that scene where Marie is trying to convince George to come back to her room. What if, like, instead it was, you know, Marie has to go back because she needs to go marry Mr. Ratter. Like, she wouldn't want to tell George that. Like, it's an awkward thing to have to tell somebody. I need to go back and marry this creepy fucking man to save my mother from debt. And so, I don't know, I just pictured, I pictured the scene in my head where Marie comes off, like, a bit better because it's like this, you know, she's just like, I just need, I need you to take me back up the rat hole so I can get back to my mom. And then you could, you know, you do whatever. But because she doesn't explain it, you know, maybe George, like, thinks it's less of a priority. I don't know, something. And then yeah, when yeah. they're in, in the basement and it all comes tumbling out. Like, that's like Marie. She's reached her breaking point. She can't keep it inside anymore. And so she finally, like, feels like she could, you know, she's, she reveals it all to George. And, like, I don't know. It's, I think there's just points in this movie where they have stuff like this. Where I'm like, okay, this is like, this could have been a, f- a good scene. Or this could have yeah, been a yeah. really interesting moment. Mm-hmm. But they just don't handle it well. And... I just wish that there was more setup earlier on or that there, the execution of it was better. Because yeah. I, I like that. I don't mind that idea of her reaching her breaking point and then she blurts all of this out. 
but it just doesn't feel like there was enough build up to that point of Marie, um, you know, getting increasingly more and more anxious about not getting back in time. Like they're almost, you almost need like some shots of her seeing clocks as she's going through the castle and she sees, oh my God, we're getting closer and closer to dawn. I need to get back. Instead, yeah. like she's so yeah. like nonchalant about the adventure up to that point. At, and then she's like, "It's it, this is the worst thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's There's just many very strange choices <laughs> made in yeah. this film. Yeah. Like, uh, as you mentioned earlier, like, George as a five-year-old getting turned into a cracker. <laughs> yep. He has and then, completely grown up. As, uh, like, uh, which it kind of, like, makes sense that they gave him the memory loss thing, because I could see why if you basically have been in a coma for, like, 12 years, yeah. that it, you're going to lose a few things. But also, you're not going to wake up with, like, the, the, the knowledge and experiences of a young adult. <laughs> no, yeah, that's true. He, yeah, he 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 doesn't act like a five year old that was, uh, in a coma for twelve years. No, which which I mean is wait, good. it's a good it's a good choice to have made. Yeah, because otherwise it'd be kind of weird, uh, yeah. or extremely weird. <laughs> yeah, they I mean they could have just like had him be turned into a Nutcracker as a young adult. Yes, yeah, like there there of course. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing that's usually the yeah. obvious way to deal with this yeah is that they don't age while they're a while they're uh yeah <laughs> a toy but then you wouldn't have been able to have the manufactured thing where he had a childhood friend because then she'd be older than him oh i guess yeah and that was like such a crucial thing to uh-huh you know, it was so important to the plot yeah <laughs> Ugh. I think, yeah, they, it should have been, he, sh he shouldn't have been five. Especially no. because, and this, and there's another thing to that too, is that, like, they've been keeping the king asleep with a sleeping potion for however long that George has been a nutcracker. Yeah. And it's kind of like, really? Like, why? I, like... Like, they did this so that George could rescue his dad. And that's the only reason I can think of. Like, the film tries to give it a justification where the the Rat Queen says that her son has come of age that night. And so now he's eligible to become king. But, like, you married the king. You could have just killed him off and then acted as queen. Yeah, being like until queen your until he came of age that's that is a that's yeah. a thing that happened yeah like she had this isn't like a matter of she has taken over forcibly the kingdom she has married into power she yeah. has like a legal right to the throne yeah and with like like she could have she could have like kept him asleep for even just a couple years so that it wouldn't be super suspicious um, <laughs> that she married him and immediately his son is gone and he's dead. Uh, yeah. But like, I don't know. 
she's kept him kept him she's essentially kept him asleep for like pff, however long a decade yeah. and a half or so yeah and, yeah. and just but that was just unnecessary potion in, in, incredibly unnecessary I, I even just having him be asleep like I don't know, again, as as is my way, I think of these alternative story points. But, like, you know, maybe instead of putting the king under a sleeping potion, you just have it so that she she marries the king. She has her her own son from, I guess, whatever pre-existing whatever marriage she rat had. marriage she had before. Yeah. Um, but her son is younger than uh, George, so she turns George into a nutcracker so that he is now out of way as the first to inherit the throne. And now her son is set to inherit it. So you could still have George's dad. And maybe it's like, um, do you remember the, the princess and the dragon that we watched like, like a bazillion years ago, that movie? Uh, where the king the king's wife went missing and he was spending so much time trying to find her that he was kind of neglecting his daughter i'm sure if i saw a picture of it i'd remember but yeah <laughs> bless it's, it's you bless you for thinking so <laughs> highly of my memory oh uh, I, I try but um, <laughs> but it, it could have it could have just it could have been a similar thing to that where where george goes quote unquote missing and the king is so heartbroken that he's so fixated on finding George that that's what allows the the Rat Queen to take over is that the king is maybe, like, off trying to find George and she does all this shit. She starts, like, yeah, just taking over the kingdom, ruling as queen, but, like, you know, making the rats take over. And so, I don't know, I just, like, I think it... Like, you could have had a thing where George and his father are reunited, and they go back to the kingdom together, and they they solve their problem with the rats together. I don't know. And they might have been kind <laughs> of There's many ways could this had... could have gone. Yeah. And, like, Philip, Philip would be now the same age that George is, and you could still have, like, them, I don't know, have, like, an epic sword fight or some bullshit. Something. <laughs> Something. Do you, do you do we want to talk about Mr. Ratter? Um, um, I just, I mean, I guess is there much to talk <laughs> about other than the fact that he's a fucking weirdo who like yeah. shows up and is like, "I will marry your teen daughter to erase your debt." Mm-hmm. Um, I think I I mostly I almost just want to talk more about like I really love I love Marie's mom. Yes, yeah, she's great. She. Yeah, she, as soon as, like, she hears this proposal from Mr. Ratter, she shoots it down right the fuck away. Yeah, it's not, like, a matter of, like, we have to, we have to do this, like, stay in our home. There's, there's, she is a good mom. She, like, as soon as she, 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 as soon as she hears this, she's like, (laughs) absolutely not. Fuck you. Get out of my house. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, fuck off. She's like, I will go to jail and we will lose our house. But you are not touching my daughter. And it's like, damn, yeah. hell yeah. Yeah, and it's just, it's like, it's nice to see. Because we have seen yeah. in some of the these other princess movies. You know, even, even like, sometimes, like, the parent 
when even when they're portrayed as a good parent, they still are like, well, this is your duty to. I I guess I I re-listen for context. I re-listen to our Princess and the Pauper episode. Oh yes, and in that one, the the queen is getting trying to pressure Annalise into marrying King Dominic because it's for the good of the kingdom. You have to do this for the sake of the kingdom. Yeah, and so it, yeah, it was really nice to go from that, and then you see this movie, especially at the <laughs> end. Because at the end, Marie goes to Mr. Ratter, and she's doing this unbeknownst to her mum. Uh, so she goes to him yeah. to accept their proposal. And Marie's mum fucking bursts into the room with a frying pan. And then yeah. once again, she is like, absolutely fucking not. I will destroy this yeah. man. She's like, I will commit a murder with this cast iron pan before I let you do this. Yeah. It's like, and my it's God. Great. Because I feel like just in other movies, you would have seen the parent character would have been like, you know, like if like if you're making this decision for us, you know, like they would have put in some kind of feeble attempt to be like, no, Marie, you don't have to feel like you need to do this. But her, she was like, Ab- again, absolutely fucking not. Yeah. I will wreck this man and I will cook his breakfast breakfast after. This is not happening. And then I just I, really I will commit the murder. Yes. <laughs> we could put him under the floorboards before we leave. <laughs> oh, that is so good. Oh, man. Yeah, no, she's great. <laughs> he he was he was such a fucking creepy character. He and really I was. I wonder too. And how the fuck did he even get the nutcracker? Yeah, also, he's like in his magic kingdom full of rats who are transformed and he gets put under a magic spell and tossed in a river, presumably. Mm-hmm. Um, and somehow I guess he ends up in the possession of this like fucking weird old, weird, like older guy who, who wants to marry a teen. How did yeah. he get there? Why did he bring him to this, to this woman's house? Yeah, like, I think they, if I remember, I think they mentioned that he owns a pawn shop or something. Yeah. So it's like, okay. Oh, maybe he, yeah, maybe someone found it and then, like, sold it at the pawn shop, I guess? Question But that still doesn't, it still doesn't answer the question of how did it get from the river in the kingdom? Yeah. The magical kingdom to the real world? Uh, uh, Yeah. Don't, don't worry about it, I guess. Yes. I I think this film really highlights for me um the importance of the Drosselmeyer character. Yeah. Nutcracker adaptations. Cause Drosselmeyer is the in-between. He's the yeah. dude that goes he's between the one the that's two like, worlds. He's the the bridges the gap yeah. for the rest of the story. And without having a yeah. Drosselmeyer there, you're just sort of left to be like, what the fuck? Yeah, the fuck is happening? How do you get this nutcracker? Why does he have the nutcracker? Uh, yeah. And how does the nutcracker's world works? Like, I, I'm really glad we watched the Nutcracker Prince early on oh, because my that's Nutcracker Prince, such... my beloved. <laughs> Your beloved. But it, that that movie was just so perfectly plotted and. And there was so little that I questioned in that movie about the logic of the Nutcracker yeah. and the Nutcracker's world. 
and and I think a lot of it is just Drosselmeyer is the authority, and he's able to he's able to drop that deep lore on the Nutcracker, <laughs> that, you know. Yeah, that deep Nutcracker lore. Yeah. Oh yes. Yeah. No, I just I, oh, I love that movie so much. I have to rewatch <laughs> it again sometime soon just to like purge the rest <laughs> of the Nutcrackers from my mind. <laughs> okay. So here's my plan. I no. will tell Mike. I will tell Mike. I'll let's leave. take a look. Uh, let's take a look at the Nutcracker Prince. I'll say, Bree, we're taking a look at the Nutcracker Prince with Mike Westfall. And then, and, and then I will be overjoyed, and I'll rewatch the Nutcracker Prince and be like, oh, yeah. hell yeah, so excited. Yeah. And um, then we will sit down to record with Mike, and then we'll be like, haha, Bree, actually, we are talking about the nuttiest Nutcracker today. And then you will never speak to me again. <laughs> you just exit the call i exit the call i block you on everything <laughs> i erase myself <laughs> and you from the internet somehow and we and never Andy. speak again yes oh my god how does that work <laughs> i don't know you're, i'll find gonna, a way it's gonna be like at the end of of damon rising where like hexadeth yes. turns into like i will <laughs> split myself into, into many many masks and go all over the fucking internet <laughs> And delete us both. <laughs> Not in person. You'll, you'll be fine. But all your accounts, okay. all my accounts, everything, no. all last traces, deleted. No. Man, I mean, you'd probably be doing me a favor at that point. <laughs> deleting, <laughs> deleting Twitter off of my uh, fucking phone. Yeah, we'd be free. Finally. Finally. Oh, thank God. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm free. I'm free. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Well... Well, is there any more to talk about with this one? I don't know. It's genuinely, I didn't have a bad time with this one. There was a point where I was yeah. like, "How is there still so much left of this movie?" Yeah, because thing, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff does happen, but it never feels like. Not never. It doesn't generally feel like just a series of actions. There's things where mm -hmm. I'm like, "Why is this? Why?" But like. Overall, yeah. Yeah. And it's, like, yeah, visually nice to look at. It's, like, it's really nicely animated. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's a it's a good, bad movie. I, yeah. rec I would recommend yeah. it for a seasonal watch. Uh, if you're having a bad I... Princess movie night, for <laughs> sure. Yeah. I would, too, and... And I, I, I criticized this film earlier for not feeling too much like a Christmas movie or a Nutcracker movie, but that is also a strength of this film, because as we said earlier, it's almost like a nice, like a, it's, it's something different. When you are bombarding your guests with Nutcracker after Nutcracker movie, <laughs> this is one that Take you a can break. make them watch. Have, have yeah. one that's only kind of Christmassy, a little bit. Yeah. It's it's kind of like Nutcracker in name only. There's a Nutcracker, yeah. there are some rats, and that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's you know. Yeah. Good. Give me a watch. <laughs> it was nice. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you again, Butterfly Latte. Yes. For thank you, Butterfly Latte. One. Much appreciated. I hope. I hope that. Uh, there are other Nutcracker films that get oh. released because I, I want that pile to keep growing. I want Brie to never escape from <laughs> Nutcracker November. 
I'll never be free. But at least this year, no. there's only one. Because you know yeah. what's coming next. I I am so fucking excited for Swan Princess 12 I'm, to go I'm through it with excited. you. If that movie does not get released next week, I will flip <laughs> my absolute shit. I if if it gets delayed uh, even further, oh my uh-huh. god, I will I will I will just delete everything. You don't have to turn it to <laughs> It's your turn. A hexadecimal. Yeah. I will just delete everything out of just just short-sighted rage. <laughs> it's just I'm so I the, the last few weeks of my life have been building up to talking about Swamp Twelve on this blog and or on this on this podcast and once that happens I don't know what I'm gonna fucking do with myself. Oh, everyone, please look forward to it to the look, final. Everybody madness. get get well, so hyped. There'll be the other ones, but the the final the true final madness. Of the series. Yeah, this is this is the peak, I think. That that's the sad thing, is that you know The rest will be just sort of a denouement, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. The the like the sad like epilogue of the Swan Princess. <laughs> the epilogue, aka movies one, two, and three. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, like that's how epilogues work. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, but look forward to that. Everybody get get fucking hyped. Woo! <laughs> Woo! But, uh, yeah, thanks All for right. tuning in. If you want to check out clips of this movie and the other movies we have profiled, please look us up on Twitter at BadPrincessMOV. If you want to send us an email or a suggestion for a movie to watch, please feel free to do so at BadPrincessMovies at gmail.com. And if you would like to peruse the catalog of Bad Princess movies, I just posted the entry for Nutcracker and the Magic Flute to the blog earlier this week. Excellent. Uh, you can check that out at badprincessmovies.com. Amazing. Well, thank you all so much for joining us this very brief Nutcracker November, and we'll see you mm. next time. Yeah, see you, see you next time. Leave Bye. a play us out on some real good music from from this one. Okay, yeah. Pick how about, your favorite. How, how about the the curly and red beak song? Just yeah. Go oh, perfect. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Bye. So I guess it's good we're wary If they come at me, I'll parry Am I worried? No, not very Captain's got our backs Let's go, let's go, let's go